things that can happen during the NBA regular season is blowouts killing your props, right? Yeah. Joel Embiid's got 34 points and 10 rebounds at halftime. Yeah. So he, his points, it was 34 and a half, right? Yeah. So even if this, and it's a four-point game at halftime, 62-58, Sixers over the Spurs, if you took the over on Embiid points, you're still in a really good spot even if a blowout does happen in this. But, God, that's one of the worst things ever. When oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, that's that's the issue with the NBA props, right? That and, like, uh, not even just, like, with the props, if you bet sides in totals, we've gotten to the stage, like, the point of the season, and I know this changes once we get down the stretch, but um, you really almost have to wait on some of these games right before tip to see who's actually going to be out there. The funniest thing, now LeBron is out tonight for the Lakers, but the funniest thing that I saw all weekend was Anthony Davis – He's a Packer fan from Chicago, right? So he's at the Green Bay game. He's got his Aaron Jones jersey on, and he's bouncing around like he's Richard Simmons. And then not even an hour later, I see on, I want to say, Underdog Fantasy, a tweet, Anthony Davis, questionable for tomorrow night's game. So he's at a football game, (laughs) bouncing around, yet he's questionable to go to work the next day. I don't know how everybody else has it around here, right? But if you're at an NFL football game, or out of town, bouncing around all over social media on video. You should probably be at work on Monday, right? Or, or there should be some repercussions. Repercussions is how we say it in English. Uh, it's it's Monday. My maybe, brain's not working. Maybe he got food but poisoning. The, uh, maybe he got food poisoning but, from the cheese curds there. Like, I don't know. But like, you got to see the responses though. For Anthony Davis being questionable, I. I liked a couple of them, and I was going to retweet a couple of them, but they were just hilarious, man. People just crushing them. Now i got to go down the list and see where it was, though. But, yeah, so Anthony Davis uh, looks like is going to play tonight, though. There you go. I was going to say, it would have been a bad look for him. They probably had a little discussion, and were like, hey, you know, you were on TV. Maybe- and I'm not saying, like, you can't go enjoy a football game while no, being hurt. No, but it just it's a bad look. Perception is reality, right? It was hilarious. That's what though. matters. I don't care what somebody's intentions are. I don't care what they – truly do care about yeah. or are thinking about or want to do in whatever it is. It could be basketball. It could be life. Yeah. If your actions contradict whatever it is that you say you actually feel, I don't believe you. Yeah. So if, if you say, hey, I want to play in this game, but I'm going to go to the Packers game first, well, you better be able to play. Now, he is still, okay, so he's still probable. It's Tuesday's game against the Clippers. So they announced this. On Saturday night, Getting ahead of things, just while, a while, while he's at the Green Bay game, and they announce this, and they put like, and, and the funny part about it is though, he's like there, like decked out in Packer gear, like clearly fired up, and everybody's like, if this MFR doesn't play, and it's just like, it's like crazy. That, but that's that's my only issue, like with the NBA and betting on the NBA right now is until playoffs. Playoffs. Until, playoffs. We get, until we get into the playoffs, I never know who the hell's going to be out there, man, and what the motivation is. It is. You know? It's very risky. The like, M- the other night, I bet on the Wizards. Every night, I bet the Wizards, they get clobbered by 80. The other night, they have, like, nobody going. I bet the Wizards, and they almost win that game outright. I, just have, I have no idea right now, other than betting Joel Embiid over on his points every single night. It's why, that's, that's the play. It's why I want to savor every bit of NFL I can and bet as much on the NFL as I can now, because after that, it's going to be the draft, which... Takes us to the AFC and NFC Championship games coming up this weekend. Yeah. Like I said, 30 straight weekends now of no football on a Saturday, including the UFL. Sorry, Ryan. 
but I'm not going to put the UFL in as part of that. Uh, right now, out. probably shouldn't surprise anybody. The most tickets in terms of team to win their conference championship. Highest ticket percentage, Lions, 9.6%. Then it's the 49ers in there at 9 and the Ravens at 84 Highest handle, 49ers, though, 16%, followed by the Ravens. Biggest liability for BetMGM in terms of conference championship winner is the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that makes sense, Not though, a right? surprise at all. No, yeah, no, no. I mean, I'm cheering for them, and I'm a fan of a team in the NFC North, in the Green Bay Packers. I think Lions are a great story. They get their first playoff win since 1991. And now they're a game away from playing in the Super Bowl. Like, we've seen San Francisco. We've seen this movie before. And everybody's cheering for Dan Campbell. Jared Goff's a great story just because they wrote him off, but he didn't write back. Shout out to Geno <laughs> Smith. And, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson is a baller. Remember, like, last year when they were like, all right, well, we can't take him number one because his ceiling just isn't high. He does, he's never going to be a double-digit sack guy. Oh, he's a double-digit sack guy. I mean, they use him in coverage. He could get after the quarterback. He's good against the run. He's a baller. And then the Lions, like, coming into the season, it was like a Madden draft, what they did, man. It was like a game of Madden because everybody ripped their draft picks, taking Gibbs as a top 15 pick, taking Sam Laporta, who breaks every rookie tight end record. Gibbs had double-digit rushing touchdowns. Uh, Campbell's a pretty solid inside mm -hmm. linebacker when he's on the field. I mean, they knocked it off the – Brian Branch. Uh, they hit on from Alabama in the secondary. Still had one of the worst offsides that I've ever seen in a game, though, this yeah. past weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like he was three yards into the backfield before they snapped the ball. That yeah. was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're a fun story, man. They and are. Like, they you know, are. And you always cheer for the underdog. And um, Detroit right now, the ultimate underdog, but also they're fun. Like, watching the Lions, watching Ben Johnson call plays, even with Jared Goff, Noodle Arm Goff as his quarterback, they're so fun. They have David Montgomery. They have Gibbs. They're explosive. They're good on standard downs. You know, the only issue they have is their pass defense. And now they have to go against San Francisco and, you know, all those weapons. But who knows, man, if they could get some pressure on Brock Purdy, get a couple takeaways in this game, I think they're live. Um, I think they're going to be a popular side, a popular bet, a chalky bet. But we said the same thing about the Green Bay Packers, and they probably should have won that game outright. So I might find myself on the Lions if we get the 7.5 right now. It's 7 minus 115. I want more than the full touchdown, though going into that game I'm with you that when I saw that seven I said let's wait for a seven and a half please go that direction and I think that's the only way that somebody's really that I that I, in my position and you too clearly would be really comfortable in that spot because really it's it's two teams with two very different mindsets and two very different histories in this because this is going to be right. the seventh NFC championship game for the 49ers since 2011 seventh seventh time they've been in this game for the Lions this is a historic run for them it's the polar opposite but they have no pressure on them. They've already won. Yeah. The fan base loves them. Dan Campbell is a legend there. Everybody loves the Detroit Lions in Detroit and outside of it, unless, you know, you're a Packers fan. But even then, you probably looked at the Lions for the most part. It was like the little brother that just never actually really want could be involved in, yeah, the, in the game. Yeah, kind of felt bad for him. Yeah, you, know? you just kind of like look at them like, oh, that's cute, maybe one day. So now you c everybody looks and just goes, look. So they have that same mindset of we're not supposed to be here. Yeah. This is, and those are the really dangerous teams. We're on the other side of things. The 49ers have a lot of pressure. Brock Purdy has a ton resting on his shoulders. Now, they've got other weapons and other ways to get cer as cre creative as possible with the best football mind offensively in the NFL and Kyle Shanahan. But there's still limitations. If Brock Purdy can't complete a pass, if he looks shaky, if he's making poor decisions, if 
the Lions do what the Ravens did and they get after Purdy and make his life miserable, ruin that timing, that that's going to be a recipe for disaster for the 49ers. Also, what you just said right there is kind of why I like Detroit coming into the game. So they're playing with house money. Um, I mean, they're a good team, and they were really good down the stretch last year, but they weren't even a playoff team. And even, you know, right before kickoff of the Green Bay game in the divisional round, the report on the field from, from Aaron Andrews was, well, I talked to George Kittle, and he said the pressure's on this year. This team's not going to be together that much longer. Hell, even this offseason, they might have to break up some of these guys. So it's kind of super – it is Super Bowl or bust for San Francisco. And for Detroit, they're kind of playing with house money. And also, Kyle Shanahan, the cheeks clinch a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. When he – you saw that in the first half, and you always see that. Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive mind. Even when he was with Atlanta just calling plays, though, got a little too cute in the second half of that game against the Patriots with the 28-3 lead. And – in these playoff games, not the best game manager or best in-game decision maker. Great offensive mind, great play caller. I'm not saying he's not a great head coach, but I don't know because we're always like, including myself, Dan Campbell, glorified gym teacher. I don't trust him in big games. <laughs> I don't know, man. I kind of trust Dan Campbell more actually in this NFC's championship game because, again, he's playing with house money. And if it's fourth down in his own territory, he's going to go for it. If it's fourth and one in his own territory, we've seen this. Kyle Shanahan is going to play the field position game. He's going to punt the ball away. Campbell's going to leave that explosive offense on the field. And, again, you could take advantage of their pass defense. Their pass rush is good. Mm -hmm. Fred Warner, their linebackers are good. But their secondary is not great. Green Bay should have won that game again. So, um, yeah, man, I kind of think the Lions are a dangerous team because of Dan Campbell and everything he represents. Everything he said that we made fun of has come to it's, – it's come true now. The team that can and the team that will. This, that, biting the kneecaps. Um, that stuff doesn't work when you win four or five games. That message wears thin. But when you're a game away from the Super Bowl, guys are buying into this right now. And this – it's, but I'm, like, saying this, like, you know, they're playing with house money and they got nothing to lose. At the same time, man, they haven't won a playoff game since 1991. There's no guarantee they're just going to be back next year. Oh, Goff absolutely. could become a pumpkin again if Ben Johnson gets a job. He's so important. Um, Aaron Glenn might even get a job. I don't think he should. Not a head coaching got, uh, job. But who knows, man? Um, you know, the Bengals played in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I don't know that we're ever going to see them in another one. If Burrow can't stay healthy and if they lose some of these dudes, you always think your window is open longer than it is. Always. The Eagles always. and the NBA, the Oklahoma City Thunder, although now that team's good. But you thought, hey, we lost in the finals, but KD, uh, Westbrook, and, and Harden aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So you want to capitalize when you're there, even if you're a young team, because it's hard to get back and it's oh. hard to be this good again, especially in the NFL, because of injuries and because the salary cap hampers you. It's not like baseball where the Dodgers could be like, oh, we lost in the NLCS. We'll just go get Manny Machado. We'll just get Shohei Otani and everybody else because we could spend all the money. The NFL with the salary cap, salary cap, although I always like to rip it and say it's a myth, it's not. You know, There's a reason why Tyreek Hill's not with the Chiefs anymore. So you got to capitalize. But I do think the pressure's all on San Francisco. It's funny. You talk about the 49ers secondary and some of the issues that are there, but also the Niners have struggled against the run at times too, which is a, yeah. a big-time strength, as we know, for the Lions. The one thing the 49ers do well defensively, at least – have up to this point they're really good at defending the deep ball one of the best in the nfl on attempts of 20 or more air yards right so you're throwing that ball at least 20 yards 49ers are able to at least defend that here's the thing though detroit goes deep just seven percent of the time lowest rate in the nfl so it's like the one strength the 49ers really would have there in that sense yeah 
you can't really exploit anything against the Lions because they don't do that very much. Yeah, that's why, like, I didn't think Green Bay was a good matchup, but with Aaron Jones and their run game, the outside zone stuff, that particular run is where San Francisco struggles to defend. And that's the good thing for the Lions, man, is they have two capable backs with different skill sets, but both could kind of do the same thing, too. Like, both could hit you with the explosive run. Both are really dangerous out of the backfield. Gibbs is the better route runner and the better pass catcher, yeah. but Montgomery could catch a couple mm -hmm. balls, too, and take it to the house. And that's He's what like makes him scary. He's like the occasional, right? He's like yeah. a Gus Edwards. Gets, like, well, it's usually just one reception for Gus Edwards, right? Yeah. Every single game, it's one. Yeah. But, yeah, you... When I, when I look at the difference between David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery still looks a little more like a traditional back. Can you know, yeah. can run it between the tackles, but also can break off a big run. Like still very explosive, like you said. Can has soft enough hands where he can make a play as a receiver. Jameer Gibbs reminds me of Reggie Bush, where except I'd maybe upgrade him as a better yeah. running back than Bush was. Right? Reggie Bush was felt a little more like just was a, like a slot receiver in a lot of ways. In fact, especially I think his, his rookie year when he catched like eighty something passes is yeah. out of, uh, for the for the Saints. So yeah. you know if you look at where Jameer Gibbs is, much more of just it's almost like a balance with him of runs the ball as much as he's used as a receiver. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they've got a very – it's why I never blamed the Lions for taking Jameer Gibbs. No. Because if you're going to take somebody that's going to be a major part of your offense, and I don't know what Arthur Smith was doing with Bijan Robinson in Atlanta, but what they sh should have been doing was watching what the Lions were doing with Jameer Gibbs. But, you know, the difference with this whole situation is – if you're going to draft a running back, but you don't want to pay these guys big deals, why wouldn't you take somebody that you think could be a major part of your offense like Jameer Gibbs is in Detroit yeah. and have him on a rookie deal? It makes so much sense. And everybody ripped that pick, and I never understood it. Watching him in Alabama, oh, oh yeah. my God, I was like, this kid's going to be great. Oh, yeah, even Georgia Tech before that. I yeah. mean, and, and But nobody watches Georgia Tech football. Except no, you, so, no. You know. And that's why, like, the pick did make sense, and that's also why teams – had uh, Gibbs on their big board, on the draft board, before Bijan, which, you know, Bijan was the hot name, and it made sense that he was going to be a top-five pick. But Gibbs has a different skill set. They're both really explosive, but also, like, on top of him being shifty and being, like, really good after the catch, he's also really good after initial contact and with the angry runs and whatnot, mm -hmm. too. Like, he could truck you over, run you over. He looks little, but, man, he runs like a uh, like a beast. He's... He's tough to bring down. Not that I ever tackled him or anything like that, but he's he's good, man. And that's why, you know, and, and you up the play action stuff. I know, like, San Francisco is a little bit better against the play action pass because they do have Greenlaw and they have Fred Warner, who's awesome in coverage and can control the patrol the middle of the field. That makes it a tough for Sam Laporte. But, man, yeah, yeah, but, like, Goff, with the, we with the weapons on the outside, we'll see if Reynolds is healthy for this game. St. Brown, I like that you could line him up in the slot and on the outside. Somebody else is probably going to have to step up, though. This might have to be um, trying to think of who, who who could have a game in this, who could be good in this uh, in this spot here. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Somebody was talking. Somebody literally was just no walking through our shot. I was trying to figure out what was going on. It was. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're you're, you're good. People can walk by us. We're at National Harbor. At least they don't have the curtain behind us. I want you to see the cool backdrop we've got here this time with all the TVs, yeah. everything going on. All right, we'll take a look at the AFC Championship game next. Early looks. It's Bet MGM tonight.